Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Please Rewind Plus. Uh, for you veterans, welcome back. For the newbies, uh, Please Rewind Plus are sort of little uh, little episodes we sneak in between the main ones uh, that Jeremy and I do, where I invite a member from the group onto the show to discuss a movie topic of my choosing. Um, it, lately, we've been we've been going at different years, you know, this year in film type of thing series. We're kind of in the middle of. Um, so I felt like kind of doing one more before we get to October and then it's going to be all, all things scary from here for that entire month. All four episodes that month are going to be, um, you know, Halloween horror type stuff related. So look for those. But like I said, I want to squeeze one more year in and I've got a whole list of, uh, years written down here. Ones that I want to get to eventually and including a big, huge two or three parter on the seventies. But, um, for a lot of the people in the group, I know we're all roughly the same age. So the '90s for a lot of us was when uh, we, re- uh, you know, we were adults or you know, either late teens, early new adults, that type of stuff. Really hammering movies like big time. Like I don't know how many movies I watched it, you know, in that time, that point in my life, but a lot. Um, so anything in the '90s is always is always sort of like fertile ground for good good conversation. So. Having said that, for this episode, we're uh, going to look at the year 1999. Um, joining me for this is uh, my friend Adam Wilson. Uh, hi, Adam. How are you? Good, Steve. How are you? Good, buddy. Um, for my friends back in the the old place, there, the, um, Adam's one of my buddies from up here where I live now. Uh, fellow fellow nerd, fellow geek, and uh, we're he's a huge cinephile as well. So. You know, we've been. Where would we be without the Port Elgin Cinemas classics? That's where we met, and uh, it's been good since then. Yeah. So, fuck, it still breaks my heart. But uh, <laughs> all right, we yeah, we met sort of at the local theater. We had this beautiful little three screen uh, cinema owned uh, in town by our good friend Tom, and uh, who's it? Who's part of this group, by the way? He. he chips in once in a while with something um great guy beautiful just old school little theater i fucking loved it to death i and he had to close because of so many reasons um uh that uh it breaks my heart i miss it so much and it's really actually it's it's put a huge hit into my movie watching is it the same for you like as far as as far as like going to the theater i mean anyways yeah yeah, for sure. It's um, is not that it's further away, but driving to Owen Sound is actually a huge inconvenience to just go to the movies. Yeah, so, there's yeah. Port, Port Elgin Theater was the first theater I ever went to. My very first movie was there, so it's always been my movie theater. No matter where, if I was away at college, whatever, when I came home, I was like, I gotta go see a movie in the theater. Oh, uh, now it's really breaking my heart. Um, I know. I hate driving. Yeah. My thing is, it could have been open this whole time because it's going to be condos eventually yeah. or whatever. But yeah, it's yeah. been fuck. It's got to be almost two years now, doesn't it? I don't know. But um, if only we, if only we could have come up with a couple million ourselves, right? Uh, well, I haven't talked a lot about it, but I made some calls. Actually, I was looking for investors, but like there was, you know, one person literally said to me, "Like, do you want to run a movie theater in this economy?" <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I guess that's a no." Um, of course. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, didn't work out. Um, but yeah, so yeah, for a while there, I was sh- I had uh, showing classic films there on Saturdays and Sunday afternoons, and um, I had so much fucking fun doing it. We had some great screenings, some awesome stuff. But uh, that was the last stuff I've never got to see in theater. Um, 
you know I'm a huge Blade Runner fan, so yep. I've never seen it on the big yeah. showed it. Yeah, like just I mean that was it was selfish too. I mean, even if I was the only one that showed up, I would have still done it. But worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But anyways, yes, I missed that place. And uh actually it's funny, a guy around here, he he talked to me, he's got a hall here and he he was talking about buying a projector and stuff and putting on you know, Saturday or Sunday afternoon films or something. And then he asked me if I wanted to sort of curate it. And uh, I said, uh, I, I said, I don't know if this area deserves the gift of film. <laughs> After letting poor dog and close down. I'm pretty, bi- I'm pretty, bi- I'm no man. I'm pretty fucking bitter about it still. But anyways, yeah. whatever it's, it is the way it is. But yeah, no, I definitely, uh, Owen sounds not that far, but it's just far enough. I mean, I can get to Port Elgin in five minutes right now. Now it's a half hour, so it's like ugh, I don't know. Anyways, for how much I how much I like that theater in Port, if it was in Owen Sound, I'd have no problem driving to Owen Sound to go to that. Yeah, theater. it's yeah, no, it's true. There was something special about it. It was super old Very school, much so. like red velvet, yep. old school type of yep. place, and uh, yep. um, yeah. like everything. Yeah, pretty awesome spot. But um, anyway, so that's our history, our sorted history. But um, so yeah, so you're here to talk. We're going to talk 1999. Um, uh fuck what was i i was uh math what's the math on that so i was uh 14 in uh in 90 so what's 14 plus 9 23 years 23 years old i was 21 okay there you go so i mean just crushing movies like crazy i mean um you know really really, sorry a really interesting time in my life because i was just wrapping up like college and everything then so i had to be selective about what i went to see because i couldn't afford to go mm. so it was, it was an interesting year that way because some of the things i saw based on looking at what came out it's like why did i go see that yeah well yeah there's all of our if you go if you've been alive long enough there's plenty of those in your um portfolio but <laughs> for for all of us but um but also when you're just if you're going if you're going to the movies just to go to the fucking movies because you just love it so much you're going to run out of movies to see like if you're yeah. just like like the ones you just really want to see so you're going to end up going to see stuff that you maybe hadn't thought you would you know given the choice but you you're going it just to do it because you love it yeah. and and yeah, so I well I just it's my church right I'm I'm most happiest in a movie theater in a dark room so it's um yeah I I've seen a ton of a ton of films that I hated in the theater and but it that's that's just the fucking way it goes, man. Um, yep. So 1999 is it's interesting for a lot of reasons, and we're gonna go through a few things here in a second. But um, it's you know it's funny how I was thinking about this because you know obviously the big it was the big Y2K hysteria, right? Um, yep. And I'm just thinking like it was so stupid. People were so dumb, and it's like I, I was sort of envious of people who died long enough before that who who aren't going to see in a, a second generation or right or a second century sorry you know folks who who were born and died within the the one century i was like oh you're so lucky because <laughs> like oh yeah all the things you, you missed out on yeah the well even just no i just mean like the the y2k hysteria bullshit like it was so insane people forget how fucking crazy it was like yeah how nuts people were about it like the world was coming to an end. Like it was mass hysteria. Corporations took advantage of it. They were selling shit. Like it was, it was, it was yeah. an insane, insane time. And uh, I don't miss it. And I'm glad it's over. And I'm glad I won't be alive for the next turn of the century. So, 
Um, I really hope we don't have to go through a third period of stock buying toilet paper. Like it's with the pandemic and everything. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, well, it doesn't take much. I mean, I think certain parts of the country, both our country and the U.S., are a little more prone to sort of like doomsday prepping and stuff. Uh, Will will always be even just like if 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 a Democrat's elected, they they start to doomsday prep or you see like the sale of guns and bullets ebbs and flows with like elections and it doesn't even take a natural, it doesn't take a pandemic, but um, yeah, we did get to experience some of that, right? Like everyone else with the, the empty shelves, like the toilet paper <laughs> and like, remember there was like limits. No. Remember there, you could only buy one or two or something, whatever the limit was. Yeah. It was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, all right, so we'll we'll get to the movies here in a second, but as always, my tradition now with the years is go through a few notable things from that year, just to sort of give people a, an idea of the time and place and what was happening in 1999. For a lot of us who remember it, we've a lot of the stuff we've forgotten, and then for people maybe who missed or too young, we'll be like, holy shit! So, 1999, um, it was the impeachment of Bill Clinton, pretty insane. Of course, he was acquitted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Monica and. And to go with that, Monica Lewinsky on Barbara Walters, which was for a long time the most watched thing ever. Um, it was the uh, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire craze that started that year. And if you remember how oh, free, right? Uh, Napster started Napster. Um, Britney Spears on the cover of Rolling Stone, the famous fr- shot with her, you know, showing a lot of skin and a lot of controversy with that, which is funny at the t- to think about now. But um, the Kosovo War had started which was a big deal um uh, the columbine high school massacre april 20th 1999 um i watched that live on tv i remember seeing it live in the morning just watching it all like like so many people and just being sick to my stomach um i think i I remember not going to classes that day and yeah probably yeah i was i was working or something I, i don't remember what i was doing but i was off and i remember yeah um australia becomes a republic officially separating from the bullshit uk um tiger woods wins his first pga championship tony hawk lands his first 900 albert einstein named person of the century by time magazine and uh woodstock 99 Ooh. <laughs> so was that the bad one was that the bad one? Oh, they're all bad but yeah i think so that was the one with the fires and stuff i think yeah yeah and the rape and the rapings and everything else yeah Yeah. um they're all they're all bad um but yeah so that but i mean yeah like fuck i mean that was i mean just the i mean all that stuff i mean it was just it was just in the it was this also internet was still new ish i mean windows 95 changed everything so you know we'd only been with that for four years at that point but like things were advancing so quickly and news was being shared so, so exponentially like all this stuff just blew up, right? Like Bill Clinton stuff was was insane. Who wants to be a millionaire was just everywhere. Napster obviously was huge. Um, Columbine obviously was huge. Like this is just it, it was just such a crazy year. And then to end all that year with the Y two K hysteria was just ugh. yeah. And it's I I I almost wasn't correlating the Y two K stuff with this year in movies that I'm looking at this list going, imagine if these were the last movies that we ever saw. <laughs> well, well, they, all right. Well, yeah, that for some people that could be... the top 10 and go, wow, the yeah. world is not enough was one of the last movies we ever saw. 
Um, so as always, I'm going to start with just the top 10 box office for that year, but just the calendar grosses. So just the money these films made within that calendar year, because I'm not going to get into lifetime grosses because films get re-released years later and stuff. So, and I'm not going to worry about inflation, but for the calendar grosses for the year 1999, the top 10 are Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, The Sixth Sense, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Toy Story 2, The Matrix, Tarzan, Big Daddy, The Mummy, Runaway Bride, and The Blair Witch Project. That's your top 10. Again, calendar grosses for that year. Um, some would go on to make a lot more money, and some would pretty much stop dead in their tracks there. But um, interesting thing about that list, I mean, you know, it's, obviously star wars is star wars um we'll talk about that here in a second but like um some we like you can still like runaway bride <laughs> runaway bride you know it's right. just, uh big daddy i mean it's just strange right like it's just a, it's a weird weird sort of deal there we're like that and we're going to talk about it because there's a lot of like romantic type ish comedies this year right. I, i'm talking like 1999 that came out so it was very much part of this of the industry as far as dollars are concerned. So a lot of comedies still coming. I mean, Austin Powers, third, right? Like a lot of comedies coming out around that time where you would see like a runaway bride, which wouldn't track at all today. Um right. but interesting. Yeah, well, American Pie came out in 99 too, right? Say again. American Pie came out in 99. It did, yep. Yep. We'll get to it. Like um yeah, yeah. So no, there's a, it's a lot of comedies that year and romantic comedies and teen stuff. Like it was, it, it was a big, big, big thing. It made it was generating a lot of dollars for the studios at that time. So, um, and then just a total, and then you know, other than obviously Star Wars, but just uh, you know, there was nothing else coming out. There was no, there was, there, there's not a lot of, there's not a ton of genre movies coming out around this time, and this year. And these, you know, these movies weren't the, the movies, the genre films that ended up doing well, besides Star Wars, weren't predictable. So and we'll talk about it in a second. But um, so anyways, what I've been doing for these specials is uh, I write down a whole bunch of notables and then list then break up the rest into categories like uh, genres, comedy, action, fantasy, stuff like that. If we need to pull from them, we will. But uh, what I want to do is just run down the notable list here. We'll spend a few spend a couple minutes on each one anyways. Um sure. So I think we'll go, let's go in, uh, I'm going to go in alphabetical order here. So, um, American Beauty, um, along with a few other movies was the, you know, winning a lot, they won a lot of awards that year, right? Especially for the performances. Um, you know, uh, Mendy's, you know, taking over this film. Annette Benning doing amazing work, and then but it's uh, uh, Kevin Spacey, right? Is the the, the star I mean, of this? Look, yeah, like do we look back and go, well, do we think less of it now because of this? Well, this that's come that comes up a lot. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, if if you want to stop watching Weinstein produced films, you're you're yeah, going to be in trouble. You're, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, your library is yeah. going to take a hit. But um, I mean, he was just acquitted in a court. Uh, Kevin Spacey was yeah. so uh, apparently he had an alibi. Uh, what's his name? Gave an alibi. Um, Elton John. So right, that's right. Um, so say what you will. I mean, he went through the system and whatever. I mean, do I think he's a good guy? Absolutely not. But American Beauty was huge at the time that year. Like a lot of people were talking about it because it really stood out. Um, it was different. It was it was 
uh, it was for adults, even yeah. though there's kids in it, but it was for adults. And when you look at the list of films that year, there isn't a lot of movies for adults. Like, I mean, dramas, serious movies, right? Like, um, so it was kind of interesting. Uh, it, it's, it really stands out that year in an important way. And I think it really carries over too. I know a lot of people that love this movie and still watch it today. Um, yeah. Is that what? I don't, you... when, I don't know when the last time was that I've seen American Beauty, but I, again, talking about my situation sometimes, that was one of the movies I did go to the theater to see that year. And I remember thinking it was really good. Yeah. Like it was a very well done. It's intense. Um, and uh, it's one of the, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird, it's it's almost like hard to watch because uh, the content, oh, because of the content, like because it. because of the tension, because of the anxiety, um, like you just know, it's just, it's just, it's wrapped in this, this, it's in the air, like that, you know, something bad's going to happen. Um, and you're just kind of waiting for it all to fall apart. So yeah, really kind of an interesting film, but and I mentioned it because, again, because I, I, it's, I know it stood the test of time because I know a ton of people that still watch it. Um, uh, the aforementioned American Pie. Listen, <laughs> like I don't. If you were around, I don't need to tell you how big this fucking movie was. And God wow. damn it, and son of a bitch for years, all I fucking heard was stupid Stifler stuff, Stifler lines. Um, like it made stars out of all those dummies. Like I hate this movie. I hate the American Pie films. Um, and I'm mad that it made all those guys stars. And I, I had to put up like this, like when swingers came out and I had to fucking listen to like bullshit swing, big band music at parties and, yeah, yeah. and dummies wearing zoot, wear suit, zoot suits and chain wallets. <laughs> and like American, it was the, all of a sudden there was stifflers everywhere. Every party you went to, there was a fucking stiffler and it drove me insane. So again, not a film I enjoy, not a film I enjoy, but it made a ton of money. It went on to do, I don't even know how many sequels. Uh, it was it was huge. It was huge. Like everyone saw American Pie. Was this the origin of Mill? Uh, I it was. Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Where it came from? That but yeah, that's Yeah, maybe that could be a, a good uh, yeah. Stifler's mom, um, Blair Witch Project. I'm gonna lump Blair Witch Project and Sixth Sense together. Um, sure. only because I think, I mean, they're in the same genre. They're both horror films, suspense, thriller, whatever you want to call them. Um, but, but I think they both fundamentally changed and influenced how thriller horrors were made. Like Saw did inspired, you know, yeah. a change. Two completely different ways though, too. To, no, different films for sure. But they both came out the same year and they both changed. I mean, this the the handheld steady cam. Oh my god, how many fucking copycats were there for that? Still to this day, it's almost it's, it's redundant now, but it yeah. The time. And Blair Witch was the first to do it. I mean, not the, like yeah. first big one, any first one that had any attention. Um, yeah. and like, uh, it it was really effective in a theater. I saw you know saw the theater and like it was really effective. Like it's like I remember thinking like holy this fuck hold on is this real? Like it's like you make you question yourself. Yeah, so yeah it was really was, well done. Um, when that movie came out, I was in college still and I was taking journalism and I did a lot of entertainment reporting. So we actually got a massive press kit on the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, and all of the press material we got from it made it seem like it was a real story. Yeah. And oh, I'm, nice. That's smart. Yeah, yeah. Just the legend of it that built up that by the time it came out, people went and watched it and 
thinking it was a real, yeah, yeah. 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 It was, it was great. It was really great. Um, and Sixth Sense, like different film, but that, um, what does fucking, uh, JJ Abrams call it? What's that? Uh, Abrams is he came up with a term what he calls this like type of storytelling like the the gotcha thing the the um, like the MacGuffin type of thing right um okay. story box story chest he's got some anyways got some weird anyways this sixth sense is that the big shocking reveal at the end like it, what there wasn't a lot of it people take it for granted I think and I think I mean there was some but not like this and then there, and then there was a I mean, how many memes and and copycats have there been for the I see dead people line and like, like pretty insane, right? Um, and my favorite meme, well, based around the sixth sense is the one. Uh, we can't do spoilers, can we? Yeah, yeah. We yes, it's fucking twenty years old. Okay, the one where it's got a picture of Bruce Willis from the movie sitting on the bench, and it said, "This motherfucker died and still showed up to work the next day." Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Um, I don't have a lot of claims to fame, but one of them is, and I. I just it's, it's I'm not making this up, but I figured out the ending before the ending in the theater, just so you know. Um, I'm not saying I'm smart. I'm just I I, I luck just lucked into it, I think. But um, uh, boys don't cry. Um, really great film, insane subject matter. I I think too ahead of its time. Well, very much so, especially given the current climate of the world right now. The fact but that like that movie came out too ahead of its time, right? Like we that we weren't ready for that yet, and it kind of disappeared, oh, wow. and then it disappeared, didn't it? Um, it's unfortunate because it's a movie that people should see, especially right now. Well, it's a true story, isn't it? It was yeah, a true, I, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. I think so, and and then launched one of the a great career um, with. Uh, Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. Thank you. Fuck. Uh, launched a great Hillary Swank career. Who Oscar winner. Two time Oscar winner. Um, one for that, right? And then um, Million Dollar Baby. Like, yeah, no. I mean, it launched a huge career, and and the subject matter was so important. But it, but it, I, I wanted to mention it because it, it was too ahead of its time, and we weren't ready for it. Um, yeah, that was definitely. I wrote a list of movies down too, and that was one that was definitely on mine for yeah. ninety nine. Um, Dogma. Kevin, our buddy Kevin Smith, everyone's friend. Yep. Um, yep. So the last great Kevin Smith movie, maybe. There's last great one. Um, uh, da, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. Maybe. Yeah. No, you're right. I, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't liked anything he's done. I mean, Red State Tusk. Like these are all terrible, terrible. Clerks Three. Ter- like these are really all bad. The only, I guess, the only thing I'll say is I'd have to look up the dates. Where does that fall in line? I'm thinking, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. When did that come out? Because oh, I fucking it's after. You're right, it's after. Yeah, I love that. I love. I I know it's stupid, but I love that movie. But yeah, it, it hits uh, all the right nostalgia. Yeah, oh, it's it's great. But um, um, so I, I mentioned Dogma because that was Kevin Smith's big thing. He was not. He was still kind of rolling. Um, it was a sensitive subject. He he flexed a lot of muscle or as much as he had to get that cast put together because the cast is totally stacked. Um, he got oh, to yeah. hang out. He got to hang out with George Carlin, um, and yeah, it's an it's it's a it's a good film. I wish he kind of would have gone more in that direction. Like like to me, Kevin Smith is more like a 
a, a weirder, not weirder, uh, a, di- a, a different version, a slightly different version of like a John Waters. Like I wish he had of like I wish he had a stayed in that campy weird area, but he he got tempted and he did fucking tempted by money and Hollywood and he did cop out and then he went into his horror things which were all awful and um I'm just looking at this at his at his movies right now and yeah, yeah. after Jay and Silent Juicy Girl Clerks Two is not gonna really make a porn yeah so wow. yeah it's yeah so that was it then yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'll, I'll, yeah, so I would say Jan Bob is his last, last good film, but, um, yeah, so that's why I mentioned Dogma because that was like, to me, that was like him, you know, kind of firing on all cylinders. And I thought, this is, I'm like, oh, is this, is this the direction he's going into instead of like, like shitty palm jokes, right? Like yeah. the shit covered pretz, like, you know what I mean? The shit covered pretzels, like the, 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 yeah. you know. He's obviously the Jan Silent Bob. The Jan Silent Bob stuff is 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 what it is. But um, and he, you knew he would always go back to that. But that's if that's where that stuff stayed, so be it. But I really thought with Dogma he was going to go in that uh, uh, in a more interesting direction, and he never fucking did. And the reason I mentioned Dogma because oh. it breaks my heart because we were all cheering for. I talked about this on the ninety four one two, and we've talked about it before. And Ke- Jeremy and I are going to do a Kevin Smith show because um, we have a really great Kevin Smith story. But um, yeah, that's why I wanted to mention Dogma. Um, you know, it felt like a adult film for him, like in a real progression. It, it was progress. It was very much a progression for him, but but still like you know surrealism, uh, surrealistic in a way. Funny. And I yeah, I just really yeah, funny. and it was it was it, yeah, and it, it just showed a maturity. And I just thought, oh, this is where he's going, and then he just didn't. Um, I mean, I don't know anyone <laughs> anywhere close to our ages who. And again, I personally. I, so on the 1994 episode, I talked about there's a few films that to me felt compulsory. Shawshank Redemption feels compulsory to me. I don't even really like it that much. To me, it's it's boring. It's a drag. Um, it's it's but it feels like one of those films that like you have to watch and you have to like it. And if you don't, you have yeah. bad taste and yada, yada, yada. Um, Fight Club. OK, so. Uh, the the talent in on uh, involved with Fight Club is insane, right? Like it's totally, like just stacked, right? I mean, uh, be- um, between the cast and the writing and and just the production and the soundtrack is great and like it's yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's 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 got all this stuff going for it, um, and. It, and yet I, I just kind of fucking hate it. <laughs> I don't like I hate the ambiguous ending. I hate the whole premise of the like, is it him? Is it not him? I don't know. It bugs me. I, I'm not crazy about the uber violent shit. Um, Have you read the book? I haven't. No. OK, so I had read the book before the movie came out. OK, so I'm a big Chuck Pollen fan. So um for me, going to see that was like, you know, the image is coming to life, right? The story I knew already. So it was really cool for me to see. Because that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. The source material, which yeah. is a different aspect you saw it with, right? Where yeah. if you didn't know about it going in, I can see how you would think that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I just, I mean, again, I think the performances are great. I'm a big David Fincher guy. I loved Alien Three. I love Seven. I love the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, 
so I'm a, I was a Fincher guy. I'm, I'm a huge Brad Pitt guy. Fucking, I, I love Brad Pitt. Um, he's made some shitty. He, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's made some shitty films, but there's no, no, there's no, you know, questioning Brad Pitt's talent. Um, and he always does interesting material too, which I like. But um, uh, there's a whole thing with Brad Pitt too. Where there's a really great thing where when he did, um, uh. Fuck! What was uh, the Trojan movie uh, where he plays Achilles? Oh, it's the Iliad, but it's they don't they wasn't called Iliad. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. Whatever. So that was sure. uh, we'll get into it some other time. But that he he hates that movie. He didn't want to do it. He he was actually contractually obligated to do it. He didn't want to do it. But anyways, um, yeah. So like everything is in place for me to like this film, but I just don't like it. I, I just don't. Maybe it's I, it's like part of it is like I don't get it and I don't care. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, that's a weird one for me. But, but people did love it. So they love it. No, people still fucking love it. It's it's huge. Yeah. It shows up on lists all the time. That the the, the yeah. whole like I hear the like you'll just be anywhere doing something stupid and random, and you'll hear what's the number one rule of you know insert yeah, yeah. in insert Fight Club. Um, don't talk like that comes up all the time. It's part. It's it's part. It's like in the air. The poster, you know, with the soap. Like it's the the Pixies song. Like it's a, it's it's a thing. Like it's a it's a thing. And I get that. Um, and I understand that it's important. But I don't like it, and I don't want to watch it ever again. <laughs> it's like with Led Zeppelin. It's like Led Zeppelin. I fucking hate Led Zeppelin, but of course I see how important they are to music. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah. There's a lot of things like that. Yeah. Um, this is like this the one. Matrix, right? Here's a movie I do like, Galaxy Quest. Um, oh, that actually, I have that on my list with an exclamation point beside it. Yeah. Because, because knowing how you hate or you've never seen The Matrix, yeah. I wanted to say one of my favorite sci fi movies of all time came out in this year with the obvious leaning towards The Matrix or Phantom yeah. Menace. Yeah. It's Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest is amazing, and there's a good, there's a really great documentary on it. Actually, um, people making the argument that it's a perfect film. Um, the script, the script is taught at USC, apparently. Um, like people love this film, and they see it as a perfect film, and it gets there's like an annual convention in LA, like it's a big deal. Um, setting aside all that, I think there's very few. Like as in none, unless you want to count Orville, which I hated. There's like no good Star Trek like knockoffs, right? You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. like yeah. flat, like flattery shows or films, or inspired by shows or films, right? It, it's tough because no matter what you do, it's going to get called Star Trek. So, so I get that. Um, but there's 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 not many that have even tried. And I, and the best way to do it is exactly what Galaxy Quest did. Just go oh, for it. Sure. Just 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 go yeah. for it. Right? Like be be Star Trek without being Star Trek, but make it. But poke fun at all the stuff that we that we all sit at home and watch Star Trek and poke fun at. Right? Like the away right, team, yeah. like the fifth member of the away team always gets killed, and like all that yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, and all that. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, and the thing the thing I love about Galaxy Quest is that. Uh, it's 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 very well crafted story wise like it's plotted very well um it's also really emotional like i i kind of always get emotional when the doctor he's like a his buddy gets shot in the hallway he's, he's i will avenge you he quotes 
um, you know, some Shakespeare or something, whatever it is in the hallway. Right. And he like there's there's yeah. a, there's there's emotion to this film. And I think that's great. That, film, yeah. yeah and, I, and I just think it's great as someone who, who is a nerd who loves Star Trek and Star Wars and conventions and all and understands fanboys and the amount of effort and work and 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 love they pour into this stuff. And then to see it on screen like that, like better than fanboys with the movie fanboys which was so cynical and and they were just incels as far as i was concerned but i never really liked fanboys but um this yeah. felt like a celebration of fandom and uh i love it i love galaxy quest i will yeah. watch it anytime yeah. yeah yeah it's so good it's so funny alan rickman's great great um, sam rockwell a young sam rockwell nobody knew i don't know if that was his first film but it's probably pretty close um uh, just great in alan was great in yeah, he's awesome, right? But I mean, that's perfect. That's a yeah. perfect part for him, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's really it's a lot of fun. Um, I I love Galaxy Quest. Can't say enough about it. Um, Green Mile. Um, I think it's always a good good. There's always good cause to to mention anytime. Um, a Stephen King book is adapted, and he had two that year, right? With or no, not two. Um, Storm for of the century, I think, that yeah, there was it was a TV series, right? Storm of the Century, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. so yeah, not two films, but I guess one series, short film or what, or a mini series, then one film film. But, um, I kind of feel like I, I just remember no one shutting up about Green Mile when it came out, like it was really popular. Like, it's, I mean, yeah. it, the cast was stacked, obviously, but like this was the coming out for Michael Duncan Clark, uh, may he rest in peace. Um, like. It was just this L oh, Barry Pepper. Um, like it was just it was it was a nice little launch for a couple of people, and then mixed with some guys we who we'd seen before. Um it's also just it's 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 like I didn't again, I didn't read the book, and I heard this about Shawshank as well, about the book that it's much more graphic and violent. And you can see where this teeters on that, doesn't it? Right? Like there is some yeah. stuff like with with the one guy who attacked the girl. Um uh who was Oh, that was Sam Rockwell too. What a year! Um, that's yeah, holy yeah, shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, great year for Sammy. Um, he's he's and he's a despicable person in this film, obviously. Um, but then, like with the, the the mishap, quote unquote, on the chair, like it's a this is a crazy film. And then, you know, the 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 scene when they they truck him out to the warden's house to help his wife, who's right. dying, right? Like there's this it's. Yeah. I kind of like Green Mile. I, I mean, I haven't seen it in a while. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. If the if the site votes us, it votes it in one day. We do fine, but yeah. Um, I can't tell you when the last time was that I saw it, but I do remember that it was really good. Yeah, I and remember enjoying it. it. Yeah, yeah. I, it's funny that you brought up Shawshank, which again, the other Stephen King that's highly regarded as well. Yeah. If you were to compare them head to head, is the Green Mile better? It's like funny it's because I mean, they're, like, there's there's like the obvious parallels, um, the prison and yada yada yada, uh, uh, and and then again, sort of like always on teetering on the edge of being like dark, like it's dark. They're both dark films. They're both violent films, but they they're all, there's also a restraint there, right? Because they needed right. it to because they needed it to be PG, I guess, or or appeal to a, a wider audience, which is why I brought up the book. I've heard Shawshank is much more graphic, especially with the rape scenes. Um, yeah, and I've yeah. and great and, and I've heard that about Green Mile as well. So um, yeah, Green Mile is one of those movies that definitely stands the test of time, and I think it's up there, and I think it gets lumped in with Shawshank and and, and but anytime there's a Stephen King adaptation, you know you're going to be all right. Well, um, 
I'm a big, I'm a big King fan, so oh, right on. There you go. Um, Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Um, this was so obviously after like Reservoir Dogs and then Pulp Fiction in '94. There was a lot of uh, Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> you know, copycats going around, and none of them. I, I, you know, I'd have to jog my memory. I don't really remember enjoying too many of them, but I kind of liked this one. And it also launched the career of Guy Ritchie. It was Guy Ritchie's first film. Yep. So, Jason Statham as well. Was it Jason Statham's first film? It might have been. Might be worth a Google. Um, he was unknown. Well, he was at least unknown at the time for sure. I'll right. def- for sure. Um, but yeah, so, so there it launched two, at least two careers. I thought it was really well done. It was, um, it, it, it was like I said. It was. It, it felt like not just somebody fanboying Quentin Tarantino, but somebody who's like, "Oh, I can do that too." Yeah, like trying to compete yeah. on his, trying to compete on his level as opposed to just like the studio saying, "We need more Tarantino films." Like it felt like Guy Ritchie's yeah, yeah. like. I felt like Guy Ritchie's like, "I can do that." And I can do it maybe, yeah. even, and I can even maybe even do it better. That's what it feels like to me. I actually I like that film. It's been a while, but I, I enjoyed that film. But I want to I want to mention it because it's launched those two guys. And I mean, Jason Statham's in a movie a year and has been since then. It feels like um, that was his first movie. It was. I mean, so, I mean, God, and the guys. How many has he been in since? He's probably. It feels like a movie every year for that guy. Um, Seven hundred. Yeah, but his first two movies were Lock, Stock, and Snatch. There you go, there you go. Crazy. So yeah, and then Guy Ritchie's you know gone on to do a bunch of stuff, and he did the Sherlock Holmes movies, and yeah, he's he's done well. Besides being the husband of Madonna for a while, um, right? Uh, Magnolia. I mentioned Magnolia um, because this was the first time, and p- please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but this was the first time I think where we actually talked about Tom Cruise in a serious way. Uh, I think so because right? it was well born on the Fourth of July. Yeah, I guess. Maybe, yeah, maybe, but not the yeah. way it was for this movie. Not the way that it was for that. No, I, I think you're. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and like. P.T. Anderson, who, of course, is fantastic and had just come off like Boogie Nights. So everyone's like, what's he going to do next? And then he does this. And Magnolia is really weird. But it's weird. But you can't stop watching it. I remember like I've I've seen it a few times and each time it's been from start to finish. Like I can't. It's one of those movies. I can't stop watching it when I put it on. (laughs) Actually, I find that with all of his movies. But yeah. I like the way that he crafts those like ensemble stories with multiple different characters. Yeah, that they all kind of run together, and you, it's almost like little vignettes as you're watching the movie, and then yeah. everything just goes to the same finish line. Yeah, and this one was perfect. Yeah, and it just—I I remember that was the thing. I remember like people saying, "Oh, where do you see? Where do you see Tom Cruise?" <laughs> like it was this thing, right? Um, and so yeah, people were just like stoked on it. And I remember, and also like. Of course, I was already uh, a Philip Seymour Hoffman fan and stuff like this and all these guys. But like, I also feel like this was an early good look at John C. Riley too. Now he did Boogie oh, Nights already. He had done Boogie Nights already. But like, John was really good in this film too. I mean, everyone's great. The cast is insane. But uh, yeah, so like that was why I mentioned Magnolia. 
Uh, Man of the Moon. Jim Carrey won two back-to-back Gold Globes for his work, and this was this was one of the Man of the Moon. Um, I was. Are you an Andy Kaufman fan? Uh, so my uh, Kaufman knowledge is somewhat limited. Um, I was just kind of a little bit young for Taxi, so it's not anything I really was aware of until later years. You know what I mean? When like YouTube and stuff got bigger, and then you start watching old Saturday Night Live reruns and you see things there. So like I, I kind of knew of the myth and the legend. So. Um, the movie was kind of an eye opener and like a jumping off point to look into it a bit more, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, it, yeah, for a lot of people, this was the first time they'd seen anything with Hoffman in it, right? Um, right. What's in so, yeah, so what's interesting to me is that like this is Jim Carrey, like who was his idol, apparently, like he or one of yeah. them, like he was a huge Kaufman fan. Um, so this is Jim Carrey, like. When I one of the crazy things I did so about the 1994 episode, I called it the year of Jim Carrey because that year he had the mass Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura come out. Um, so like that was the that was the launch of his film career, 1994. Um, so then you look at like where he goes from there, and then he like he 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 goes through a weird, weird stretch, like he does Batman Forever, then the second Ace Ventura, then the cable guy, then Liar Liar, then the Truman Show, which he won for. And then Man on the Moon, it's it's like him saying, I can do anything to me. Like, this is like, even though it's not my favorite Jim Carrey film, it's not my favorite Jim Carrey performance, to me, it's just like, I can, yeah, I'll do that. I can do that, no problem. Like, to me, that's him yeah. being, being very confident. Um, and then... I think it's it's Man on the Moon that gave him the confidence, if he was lacking any at that point, to do an Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, right? Or, or yeah, or something like that. So um, I think Man on the Moon is a huge, important movie uh, for Jim Carrey, and it had the nice sound, REM soundtrack, and he won awards for it. Oh, and yeah. it, it, um, it was also we were still sort of buying into the idea that Courtney Love was straight and clean and and an upstanding citizen and which i really don't care if she does the other stuff it's her life she can do what she wants but yeah no she was yeah no no she was good so it's one of those movies that that it's i any i remember like i remember recommending it to somebody a while back and they'd never seen it before and then they, they finally watched it and got back to me and they're like that's great i'm like i know right so i think it's one of those movies that like when you people that have seen it love it um yes all right matrix uh <laughs> so the bane of jeremy yeah i know i know i know the bane of jeremy's existence is the fact that i haven't seen any of the matrix movies um and like i was talking about it's funny i was talking to christy on the 1994 episode and we brought up we were talking about, about a james, james bond because that year they announced pierce brosnan um right. as the new as a new james bond and she admitted she hadn't seen a single james bond film I'm like, that's really hard to do. I mean, not only is there yeah, a thousand, there's a lot, of them, there's a lot of them and they're on all the time. I'm like, that's an, that seems impossible, doesn't it? But, and, and she's like, well, you haven't seen the matrix. I'm like, no, that's a fair point. So, but she was saying it's been so long at this point, she won't even bother. And that's kind of how I feel about the matrix. Now I will abide by the rules of the group. So if, if it gets voted in, I'll watch it. But, um, I think at this point it would probably just get voted in as a joke, so you would finally see it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and but I mean, uh, you'd have to be obviously because I'm a cinephile and, and everything else. But 
you'd have to be only on planet earth for five minutes to not know how huge this movie was um yes for it launched the the wachowskis um it didn't it didn't really launch any actors so much did it but it really just you know brought it it, it definitely was a next level for keanu reeves because uh, yeah, he was sure. still coming off like like speed and point break and these types of roles right yeah. so this was a big yeah. big 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 part for him um but but the big thing obviously though was um it was the first big big film to use that 90s techno sound right the chem- um, like yeah like yeah, the the, 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 the rave right. techno music stuff it was the first one to really lean into that and yeah. Uh, and then just the technology used, right? The the special effects, the, the the visual effects, the practical effects, just the concepts involved, right? From the Jesus, how many memes and copycats have there been with like the leaning, dodging bullets thing, and you know the the, the bullets rippling through the air like they're going through water, and the whole concept, the idea of the Matrix. It's it's all very intricate and deep. Um, it, it's it's I understand that it's satisfying on on so many different levels. Um, but the big, like, it, there was nothing, like, not since, like, fucking Hellraiser, really. I mean, did anything look, nothing had really, like, The Crow, kind of, but The Crow is so, yeah. is so feral, right, and barbaric, whereas right. this is so, it's all, this is all zeros and ones, isn't it? So, as the only person yeah. talking right now who's seen it, yeah, what was, like, the, what was the, what was the thing? Did you, you saw it in the theater? Yes, I did. It was, again, one of the few movies I saw, and it was, I think at the time for me, it was the appeal of something that was different. Yeah. Um, you know, that the directing stuff with the, what did they call it? Did they call it bullet time directing or something where the, the cameras spun around and that gave them the appearance of, you know, the directing where the, yep. the camera would move around the action and all that stuff. Yeah. It looked really cool. Like in terms of, you know, visual appeal, it looked like a really cool movie. When you look back at, all of the sequels that have come out since is its legend tarnished. Absolutely. It is. uh, Yeah. Like it's uh, for me anyways, I haven't even seen the most recent one, but with each successive sequel that came out, it was just, Oh man, another one, but you keep watching, but they don't keep getting better. No fair. Um, Very few series do. Um, But did it, but I mean, has it sullied the first one for you, though? Like, do you... so it's it's neat because like having my kids be the age they are. My kids are between nineteen and fourteen, so there's lots of times where I'm wanting them to see movies that I saw. So I remember watching The Matrix with a couple of my kids, and one thought it was pretty cool. Um, the other one was kind of half bored through it. So watching it through their eyes, I can kind of see it from both points of view, I guess. Well, right. One, I, yeah, but they haven't. They weren't there. Them. They weren't there for the intermediary steps, though, right? Like they don't. Right. Like they don't have any context for a film like that, right? It'd be like right. like people who watch like the first Jurassic Park now are like, this is like those effects are shitty, right? Like, right. yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I I think I I feel like I watched it maybe not that long ago, and it's still it's still all right. I still like it, but again, it's you know you look at the top grossing movies that year and wasn't necessarily my favorite thing um okay yeah because that's something i'm going to tackle at some point too this idea like there's especially in in things like star wars where there's a bunch of fucking meathead fans who um we're going to talk about star wars here in a second but who disney has ruined star wars and 
Star Wars is dead to me and all this stuff. And I'm like, really? Like, it's ruined Empire Strikes Back for you? Yeah. Like, real. if it did, then you never really liked Empire to begin with. Right. Like, I'm sorry. You don't, like, unless not subjectively i'm talking now like if it comes out that like george lucas is a huge pedophile and then like you know was like is on par with like the worst priest that's ever existed i understand that that ruining a franchise for you right like that i get that but i mean as far as just like pure subjectivity goes like as in you don't like the film they made um and you think they've you know destroyed everything that was holy to you (laughs) Um, I don't get to me that's an unreasonable position to let it ruin previous installments for you I don't get that I understand not liking that film the current one but I don't understand having it ruin the previous film that was that you claim was so fucking important to you in your life right Um, so I think that's an unreasonable position to take Um, because to me what you're saying there's only two options at that point then either you wished that George Lucas had stopped making films in 1983 or every bit of Star Wars content ever to be released for the rest of your life has to be exactly what you want. Both are completely unreasonable positions to take. So I just don't understand it. But anyways, um, yeah, Matrix, just great soundtrack. A lot of bands current who were just rocking at the time too. And again, real digital, real like fun up-tempo stuff, right? As far as the soundtrack goes. Um, and yeah, so like that, the, um, all that bullet time process stuff, like really cool shit. And, and I feel like though, it's a little bit because it's been memed and copied in comedies and stuff so many times, it feels like a mockery almost, doesn't it? Like, like, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, yeah. Like, like it doesn't feel like, like, yeah. I wonder if it's, if it's been just original when you see it now. the impact won't, wouldn't be as, as felt, but again, that's a film that you have to earn. Like we were there before bullet time and right. and yeah. that type of filmmaking right like it's it's only groundbreaking b- groundbreaking once and then after right. that it's just the same old same old so um yeah. Yeah. that's the problem with a film like that um uh office space i mean is is there a more fucking me- quoted movie in your life i don't know like even just the other day somebody yeah, was, somebody, somebody was doing the stapler bit at work the other day like the, <laughs> like yeah. it's just it, it, yeah. the the like I can't think of very many like such low budget, crazy small films that have taken over like just their just the ether that are just in the air like Office Space is. Absolutely, and it's still it's still funny and like like you said, still quotable. Anytime I see people with buttons on their shirts, I call it flair. Right, like it's the bobs, the two bobs. <laughs> like it's just it's excuse me it's just endless i fucking hear people t- saying lines from it or, or referencing it in some way all the goddamn time it's insane yeah, it's to me so yeah, yeah it, and it's still on tv all the time and people still watch it all the time and like you have you can't mention this year without mentioning it you just can't um yeah. same as this one south park bigger longer uncut i don't know about I, i'm not a huge south park fan but i have like friends who oh, are yeah. like who are obsessed with south park um yeah. this movie was a big deal when it came out Big deal. Big deal. I actually think this was one of the ones I went to the theater to see. And again, I'm not a huge South Park guy. Yeah. And I remember thinking it was really funny. Yeah. 
it it was a big deal at the time and the fact that the show was still going and still so strong and still and it's so relevant and that's mostly because of their 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 turnaround time on their episodes is like three days as opposed to the simpsons which is like eight months or something but um they can stay relevant and hip and they can react in in almost real time it's really benefited big time and those two guys are just you know a long time long time yeah um tarzan the animated disney show the reason i want to mention this movie is because not because it's any good but because it really because it wasn't any good it ended disney's run so they pretty much had a huge animated hit every year in the 90s right like aladdin lion kings like like stuff like this just every year they had a huge and yeah they were rolling in the 90s and just like the 90s ended, so did their reign, like, and it ended with Tarzan. So, unfortunately, Tarzan is famous for all the wrong reasons, but um, it really sort of ended a run, an incredible run for Disney animation. Um, obviously, they're not hurting for cash or anything, and they'd be fine. No, but, yeah. but, but like, for for those that decade, it was, like I said, it was an incredible run they were on. And every time, just felt like every time they released something, it was it would shoot to the top. Um, it was an event. The movie was always an event. Um. The Insider, um, the Insider for me is going to be like one of those is sort of like Man in the Moon, where when I recommend it to somebody and they watch it, they come back to me and they're like, "Holy fuck, that's a good movie." So the Insider is Russell Crowe, Al Pacino, Christopher Plummer. It's all about like big tobacco and stuff like this. It's it's an act. It's a political sort of drama th- thing. Um, it's 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 all like um, it's all like the the how the sausage is made. It's it's about a sixty minutes bit. That happened. It's based on a true story. A real guy that like blew the whistle on big tobacco in the states and how much chemicals are in cigarettes and stuff like that. Um, pretty insane uh, film. Have you seen it? Uh, it's been a long time. I, yeah. think I saw it when it originally, but I haven't seen it in a really long time. Pro was nominated. Um, I just remember Russell. This is one where he looked completely different than normal, right? He had just not like one of those. His yeah, hair yeah. was well because the real guy he played this guy Jeffrey Wygant who was like uh, kind of fat but like white gray hair basically so yeah Russell Crowe had to put on glasses he had a, like a white gray hair wig thing and he put on some pounds for it um, yeah all, like kind of unrecognizable um, it's just really great and the reason I mention it is because um, it's so again it's so specific and detailed in how 60 Minutes operates how it's produced and it's it's really reflective of how things are now it's a really it's a real good look behind the scenes on on news and how decisions are made with what news stories get put where uh, it's also and it's it's important because it's the beginning of corporations really starting to dictate what the news is what the news is which now of course is everywhere and we hate it and that's why there's so much new media out there um good right. and bad good and bad but this was this this was the, around the time when corporate started having a say in what got aired, and of course that's dangerous times. Um, so that this movie really leans into that. So that's why I think it's important. Um, the Iron Giant. Um, Talking about animated films in '99 that were really good that weren't Tarzan. Right. So Iron Giant. Uh, I don't know if I, like just one of my favorite animated films of all time. It's so well done. The story's fantastic. Probably, I mean, Jennifer Aniston does the voice of Vin Diesel. There's a great, there's a great list of people that voice, but really, it's a, it's a thing. It's a Brad Bird thing, right? It's a coming out for Brad Bird, um, who yep. would go on just to do so many great things, um, like uh, Incre- Incredibles, uh, 
be his biggest ones, I guess. But he he also did um, he directed a Mission Impossible film, right? He did a what else did he do? I could just look it up, I guess. But yeah, he did a bunch of stuff. This, this was a coming out party for him. But um, Iron Giant, I'm mentioning it because it's still really watchable. And I think like if I had a kid, they would absolutely be forced to watch this film only because I know they would love it. Only because I know they would love it. I think, yeah, right? Because it still appeals so well to different ages. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go out of order here because we'll save star wars for the last but um wild wild west <laughs> i'm only Ooh. mentioning i'm gonna i'm only the only reason i mentioned wild wild west is because it has such a great story uh, uh about how it got made and if anyone all i'm gonna say is so go on youtube and so kevin smith used to do these uh, an evening with kevin smith where he would just tour yep. and just talk right it was like a he would just talk about he would just tell stories and anecdotes about filmmaking and stuff he's done and there's a famous one about how he was hired by the producer, executive producer of what of Wild Wild West, but this was before then. He wrote a script for a Superman film back in the day. It was going to get made, and it was going to be a Kevin Smith Superman story. Um, right. And and so he had written it, and he was pitching it to this producer who was a huge asshole, famous asshole. Um, and there's just a famous story about how much he didn't like Kevin Smith's script, and he kept pushing saying that it needed giant mechanical spiders in it and so if you've seen wild wild west then you know what i'm talking about and then kevin smith says then two years later i'm in the theater watching wild wild west and he goes holy fuck if there isn't giant mechanical spiders like it's it's the reason i want the reason i mentioned wild wild west really because i want you to go and watch an evening with kevin smith and hear that story in particular yeah. it's it's a great it's it's, it's it's yeah they're great but that story is fucking hilarious the whole the whole thing is hilarious um, I definitely recommend that. So that's the only reason why I mentioned it. Um, all right, Star Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. Um, I mean, we're this is Star Wars territory territory around here. Obviously, we're all Star Wars nerds. Some of us more than others. Um, um what's uh, are you? What's your are you prequels and sequels? Like, what's what's your overall feeling? Um, I. I like the Phantom Menace. I remember liking it when it came out. I pretty sure I went at least twice, if not three times to see it in theaters. And I remember being there for like the first show on the first day on the, like the first morning, whatever it came out, being yeah. in line and to see it and thinking it was great. Like I really, I really thought it was great. I was really happy to see you know, that be back in these worlds that we got to experience when we were younger. It, it really took me back there. Um, watching it as time has went on, of course, there's flaws in it, but it's I don't I don't hate the prequels because they're prequels. Um, I hate them because they're not overly well done. Um, but the Phantom Menace, I, I I still I can still put it on a list in the upper echelon of Star Wars movies. Oh, like it's in the top half, is it for you? Yeah. Uh, if you if you list all nine and then count like Rogue One and stuff like that in there, it would be in the upper. Like it would be on the positive side. Really? Okay. Um. So, Episode One. Okay. So, I mean, I don't. It feels feels weird to have to explain this to people, but if there's anyone that doesn't know, this is what's called um, an event film. Okay. So. 
the anticipation was huge. There hadn't been a movie theatrically since 1983, since Return of the Jedi, obviously. Um, there, so that was, you know, Star Wars fans called out the dark times. Not a lot of content, mostly publishing a couple of Ewoks cartoons and droids. Um, Clone Wars had sort of like wasn't even a thing yet. Um, like it was it was a different time for Star Wars and they were thirsty for it, obviously. Um, and we just read books. That's all we had was books. Uh, I still that's oh, all I read is Star Wars. Still all I read is Star Wars books. Yeah. So, I mean, it it but it was so it was an event film as in like the anticipation was insane. The hype was real. And what was nice about it was it was a new generation of Star Wars fans who had grown up now and were able to see it. So it's very, they very much taken it and embraced it. You know, they hold, hold the, this trilogy to their bosom because it is their first Star Wars trilogy, right? Like the OT was for us, this was for them. So there's a, there's a, a certain perspective that you have to respect and allow for when you talk about these films. Um, I, I'm a fan of all three trilogies. Uh, you know, obviously I like some better than others. And within those trilogies, there are films I like better than others. Um, I think the Phantom Menace has some really great stuff in it. I think it has, yeah, some, for sure. I think it has some not so great stuff in it. Um, I think as like a kickoff point for a new trilogy, I think it was ballsy. I think it was George Lucas sort of like, even though he was like a little more set in his ways at that point, it was still him being a little mavericky, like doing like he, doing. He, he he did exactly what he wanted to do. It's everything he hated about studios and their interference in the first Star Wars trilogy. He 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 had his own money. He could do exactly what he wanted to do. So he could have done anything. Right, he could have made yeah. any Star Wars movie he wanted, <laughs> you know. You know, and these are the ones he made. So these are his vision. Um, so it makes me laugh when like these conservative right wing alt fucks who it's OT or nothing, and yeah. it's like they worship at the temple of George Lucas, but then shit all over these films, which are which, which are more George Lucas than the original trilogy is. Like the first Star Wars, there's enough written about it and enough documentaries about it. He just stole all that shit from Kurosawa and Campbell and like the Flash Gordon serials and all that stuff, right? Like uh, he didn't even write the crawl. Like his, uh, what's his name did? Um, oh shit. Uh, Scar Scarface director, De Palma wrote the, the opening crawl. Um, like it's, like it's i'm listen i'm a huge star wars fan and it changed movies forever there's no doubt about it but like the this idea that like this is what i posted the other day and where he has this in common with christopher nolan uh, unbelievably creative wonderful photographers like filmmakers but terrible script writers like they're not good writers um and so this is so the phantom menace is is star wars fully realized for him George Lucas. Star Wars wasn't. Empire wasn't, and neither was Return. This is Star Wars fully realized for him. So you have to think about that when you talk about these films. And I think when you do, when you understand it from that perspective a little bit, I think you're able to sort of step back and be like, this is like bigger than my my qualms. Right? Like this right. is because yeah. the world, the genius with George Lucas is the world he created, not necessarily the product. 
Um, and this is that world come to life like never before. Like we know why he waited so long, right? Because the technology, he, he needed the technology to ca- catch yep. up with his brain, right? Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, like Attack of the Clones is awful. There's no doubt about it. Oh, it's, it's, um, it is the worst <laughs> and and but I mean like I'm so like put yourself in 1999 and this movie comes out and like it I mean it's made a billion dollars and it or almost anyways and it's it's done so well and it was so huge and it's it it, it kicked off a whole new generation of Star Wars fans that are still around today and a lot of those Star Wars fans that were had their asses in the seats for their very first Star Wars trilogy all work at Lucasfilm now <laughs> right um like it, it was it, it's such a huge huge thing and it can't be dismissed as like i don't like midichlorians i'm you know i don't like, yeah, I, I don't like little anakin sky annie skywalker i don't like jar jar binks i don't like the like it, it's if to dismiss it outright for that stuff to me doesn't make any sense like yeah, i don't i can't not- I can't grasp. I can't grasp that. Like I, I, I can. I'll. T- I can tell you all day all the things about it. I don't like and what I think's wrong with it. But to me, that's not an. That's not a good faith, intelligent discussion to have. Right. When you're when you're talking about yeah. these, when you put when you're talking about Star Wars, when you put it into perspective, and when you think about it in those terms, and you look back now at the totality of it all through the ups and the downs and i just really think you have to like just appreciate those moments a little bit more and understand the excitement you felt when you went to see it two times three times whatever um yeah like even still looking back at going to see the phantom menace i was like you said it'd been a really long time since the star wars movie came out i was stoked i couldn't wait to go see it yeah i was so excited to go to the movies again and see a lightsaber on screen yeah that's the first thing you see almost yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. two of them yeah exactly yeah 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 no it's right and and he's cutting a hole through a door and like it's yeah and then darth and then darth maul and the duel of the fates and john williams score is incredible and yeah the music in that part is incredible yeah like it's and then you know we get ewan mcgregor who's obviously a great obi-wan kenobi and um i i don't know I, i i just i just I just really, I just, I don't know. I, I'm a bigger Star Wars fan than most people I know. Um, and uh, it just really gets, grinds my gears when I hear people like dismissing these films on on little, willing to throw away an entire film and or trilogy and or IP over like, because you didn't like Jar Jar Banks. Like that's yeah, insane. That's, that's insane to me. That's insane. Yeah, I just don't get that. Yeah. How many movies have you seen where you like every single character in the movie? Well, right? and also, like and also, these are people mostly who don't, who are really only consuming about like twenty percent of Star Wars. If you've only seen the just the films, you've seen you've you're only consuming five percent okay. of Star Wars. Yeah. Like, yeah. Read all the books. Watch all the TV series. Read every comic book. Play every RPG. Then talk to me about it. Then get back to me. Yeah. Right, yeah, but until, those yeah, like it's oh man, that's what I got me through high school. They were great. Yeah, I mean, like, and it's just it's 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 a massive, massive, massive world he's created, and that's his genius to me. Not whether he can write a screenplay or not, or not whether you know you, you don't like the fact that uh, I don't know, whatever it doesn't matter. Um, anyways, huge film. It obviously 
made the most money that year. Um, and just great posters too from Drew Struzan. Um, you just can't, I don't know, can't say enough about it. It's just, uh, it also launched so many great, great careers too behind the scenes. John Knoll, that was his first film he worked on. Um, it's just, re- I don't know. I, I just, I just, to me, all Star Wars is good Star Wars. You know what I mean? That's kind of my, that's kind of my, that's, yeah, that's kind of my starting point, right? Like, like, I'm just like, I just want to watch Star Wars or I want to read Star Wars. Like, I, like, I'll watch, like, I've seen Attack of the Clones a a billion fucking times and I think it's a terrible, and I think it's a terrible movie. Like, but, but Star Wars is Star Wars to me, no matter what. And these, these, this is what I was talking about earlier, where like, like uh the last jedi ruined luke skywalker and now i hate star wars and it's dead to me I'm like really you're gonna throw away all that years of dedication yeah. and content and yeah. like over because of that like it ruined empire for you or return or whatever star wars whichever one's your favorite like yeah i i just i don't get that brother it doesn't uh, make sense um all right well that's the notables i wrote down anyways and i got a ton of other ones but we'll was there any I didn't mention that you wanted to mention? Um, looking at my list, uh, the last Kubrick film, Eyes Wide Shut, came out. Oh out yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise. Yep. Um, yeah, big deal. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I have it written down here, but it just wasn't my notables. Um, yeah, no, yeah. fair enough. Um, kind of a it's weird one. Because I, yeah, definitely weird. Um, kind of like talk about Tom Cruise having a weird year, right? Magnolia, and then it. it I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I don't. It didn't do very well, did it? I don't think that it did. I don't think it did. No, I don't think it, it like made a, a boatload of cash. But I think it. It wasn't rated. Was it R? It was just rated R, right? Or was it more than that? Was it that NC seventeen? Uh, because I know they changed it. Right? Right, no, rated, 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 rated R. Okay. Yeah, I just looked it up here. Yeah. Um, 76% of Rotten Tomatoes. So 76 people out of 100 at least liked it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Box office 162 on a 65 budget. So, I mean, I mean, that's for, for a nobody, that's good, but that's not a Tom Cruise number. Right. So, um, right. yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it, uh, I've, I've seen it. I only see, I've only seen it once. I didn't really like it. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, it, it, I think it. I, I just don't think people wanted to see wanted to see Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman like that. I don't know. It's I just yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was not what you wanted it to be from them. Maybe it's a not. Weird, creepy. Yeah, movie. yeah weird, it, well, movie. oh, it is weird. It is. It is it, that's nothing too. It's also just it's it is just a weird film. And I think yes, talk about so. it's just obviously it's rated R. It's obviously just for adults because of the content and the subject matter. So right away you're only going after like at most you're really only going after one quadrant, right? Like 35 and up female. Like yeah, you're not, a lot of men aren't going to go see this movie. No kids are going to see this movie. So it actually, right. the fact that it made that much money at all is, is kind of <laughs> surprising. Yeah. yeah. All right. What um, else? What else? Um, well, knowing you're a big anime fan, princess Mononoke. Yeah. I got that written down. Yeah. That was, yeah, uh, was, that a was big studio. First, uh, yeah. Big studio Ghibli film. Um, the to this day, oh, right on, nice, yeah. To this day, it, it uh, it's one of my favorites from that studio, Absolutely. and 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 it shows up a lot on people's lists. People love that film, yeah, great. Also, ahead of its time, it's you know, climate change, deforestation, yeah. mining, stripping the land, yeah. right? Everything that's happening in fucking Alberta right now, basically. Um, exactly. so yeah. very much ahead of its time, message wise. Oh, good. 
Yeah. Um, what else do I have here? Uh, a couple of personal favorites. Run Lola Run. Really yeah, nice. Of that. Yeah, I got that written down. Yeah. That was a great soundtrack. Really neat, uh, original type uh, screenplay and. Just yeah, it's kind of that. Movie. It's that weird that pocket that Femme Fatale pocket, right? Where, um, yeah. it's that noir crowd, and it's it's a weird thing because it's it doesn't, it's it doesn't it's hit. Like, it's not a mass audience thing, is it? No, no, no. And it's it's like it's kind of skirting around that. You know, like you talked about the Tarantino esque stuff, yeah, right? yeah, with the robbery and everything and all the different outcomes. So it's, but it was a neat movie that really stuck with me for a lot of years. Um, Toy Story two, yeah, got that written down. Yeah, yeah. I so mean, every toy, every Toy Story, I guess, is a big deal. I suppose, yeah, for sure. I think that's that's the big one, though, right? That's the that's the best one out of the group. Uh, I do that one, forever. Is that the one that they everyone thinks is the best one? I like three. Uh, I like the last one actually, where he with the forky or whatever <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah. just the spoon fork uh, thing uh yeah, I, yeah. I didn't mind that one actually um isn't three considered the the best one i'd, I'd have to look it up but i don't uh, know i remember yeah. really oh no I, every toy story is a big deal no for sure um but but i mean i think uh, i just don't feel like i just i don't know a lot of people that like rewatch those films i don't um enjoyed i enjoyed them fine but i don't i don't you know i just don't know if maybe there's been too many or it's like a one and done with people with toy story films i don't feel like i know a lot of people and now i don't have kids mind you so i'm sure if you've got small right. kids they would disagree but um, that was that was the draw for me with them is you know i remember when the first one came out and going to the theater and see it and then it progressed to me taking my kids to see it which then progressed to me openly weeping in the movie theater and the third one with my children sitting beside me. Yeah. Oh yeah. The third one was very emotional. Yeah. Um, anything else? Uh, nothing that we haven't touched on a couple of um, ones. Uh, well, just, just oh, to mystery g- Alaska. Um, mystery. Yeah. So you remember that movie? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so a lot of people aren't, if you don't know what mystery Alaska, is, so Russell Crowe, uh, plays like a sheriff in this in in a town in mystery the name of the town alaska and it's a weird it's so up out in the middle of nowhere it's very much self-sufficient town and what what they and and to them everything hockey is everything to them and so they have this thing called it was called like the sunday game right or something where yeah, uh yeah. the locals would play a big game and everywhere it was and locals everyone would go to, it was a big deal they took it very seriously and then I don't remember why it happens, but there's something where they get a chance to play the New York Rangers or something, right? Yeah, yeah, the Rangers go up yeah. to Alaska to play. I remember it being, I, I it yeah, I remember liking it just because I thought like, oh, this is an in, like the the Rangers, the hockey stuff. I didn't care about at all. I remember thinking, but I remember thinking like, I like this these characters. I thought every every character yeah. sort of had a moment, and uh, uh, wasn't Burt Reynolds in that film too? Wasn't it weird? Anyways. Uh, Maybe the owner. I know Mike Myers was like the Don Cherry esque uh, <laughs> announcer. I feel a like a couple of really good lines. Burt Reynolds in it, but yeah, that was a weird thing because that was like Russell Crowe coming off a couple of award winners, and then he, I think that was the yeah. thing he did that weird hockey, and people were yeah not stoked about it. But um, we'll get out of here on this. There was a, there's a bunch of films, some big direct, some uh, big but like uh, sort of cinematically important directors all had movies that year, so. David Cronenberg did Existence, Summer of Span, the Sam, sorry by Spike Lee. Um, David Russell, David O. Russell did Three Kings. Um, Woody Allen had a movie that year, Sweet and Lowdown. So, um, 
Yeah, there was like it, it was. Yeah, there was a lot of like these guys were all chipping in that year, and and uh, none of those. I mean, Three Kings was regarded very well and and launched David Russell's yeah. career. Um, people love that movie. Um, but like the other stuff just didn't. I think you know that was I think pat well past the point of people digging Woody Allen's work and existence Cronenberg. I think again somebody who just. You know, at that point, you have to think existence like, you, you know, here's, here's a guy who who does who who made effective horror films. But the the, the audience had shifted because of what we yeah. talked about. Sixth Sense, Blair Witch, yeah. like horror films. Yeah, nobody really wanted that weird, like, flexy, yeah. gross sci-fi horror anymore. That wasn't a th- it went away um, and then didn't really ever come back. I mean, torture, por- torture, no. torture porn kind of came next and. It just yeah. never, yeah. Like somebody like Cronenberg, it just doesn't. It didn't come around. It just was a, a time and place. But, but yeah, a ton of comedies, a ton of ton of great. Like like Election came out that year. A ton of like teen comedy. Oh. Ten Things I Hate About You, Never Been Kissed. These types of things drive me crazy. Um, some really bad, like all time great bad films. Wing Commander. Um, uh, like Varsity Blues. Wild Wild West. Yeah. Wild Wild West. Varsity Blues, obviously. Um, World is not enough came out. We talked about James Bond earlier, so that was a it was a, a James Bond year. Um, some good dramas too. Talented Mr. Ripley, Ravenous, you know, Cruel Intentions, stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Angela's Ashes, like it was. It ninety nine is a great is a good 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 good. I won't say great year, but a good year. But you look at like the ones we talked about earlier, like the top you know handful, and Star Wars makes it. And I think just Star Wars and Matrix, um you know, six cents make it an all-time year. Yeah. Yeah. There's some big there's some big titles there. Like those there's just those three, right? Like are still still talked about. I mean again, even like silly things like American Pie and stuff like still talked about. And this is twenty something years later. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely man. a lot of good films. Well my brother, thank you for uh, going back in time with me. Twenty, uh, what is it? Twenty-four years ago. Um, wow. I know, right? Like it's, <laughs> I know, God. But uh, great year, a lot of great films. I know at some point someone will vote the Matrix in. Um, but just <laughs> we can you know, only hope. yeah, and just so many, like just a lot of big names, just just on camera, like the actors, like everybody had had a shot at something that year. Um, but it was changing. Things were changing. And then you get into the early aughts and, and, you know, it was totally different then too. But yeah, this was a yep. lot of changes being happening. And, and because of films like the matrix and sixth sense and uh, Blair, Witch, like these, those three films alone would really change the landscape over the next 10, 15 years, right. Of what we would be watching, consuming from a horror standpoint and from a, from a sci sci-fi standpoint. Right. So yeah, it, yeah for sure. Star Wars is Star Wars. It's it's a it's a fantasy western, right? It just sort of keeps rolling along. It doesn't doesn't you know it it, it influences everything, but nothing at the same time, right? Like because there's no one. It's the things in Star Wars are so identifiable. It's almost like we talked about with Galaxy Quest. Like if you're gonna copy Star Trek or Star Wars, just just do it. Like that's yeah, yeah. like the best, really the best sort of non Star Wars Star Wars is the Family Guy riffs on star wars they did those three episodes right like which are really fucking funny um but yeah so that's the problem it's so ubiquitous it's pretty tough to go after it so but yeah right on man well adam thank you so much um like i said 
October is going to be four weeks of horror stuff. Um, Jeremy and I are trying to figure out exactly what we're going to do, but it's, you know, obviously we're going to have lots of, uh, you know, going to be a lot. Anyway, make sure everyone has, I guess, has their say and what we talk about, obviously. And, um, but I think Jeremy and I, for the plus episodes are going to just focus on Jeremy and I are big, um, Friday the 13th fans. Um, it goes back a long time and we, we go deep, we can go deep on that series, man. So we're going to, uh, I think we're going to do one episode completely dedicated to Friday the 13th, but obviously we'll get into all the other, there's so many great uh, horror films going back so many years that we'll have, you know, we'll have to make sure we talk about as many as we can for the month, but yeah, look out for that. And then fuck, then it's uh, November and then, yeah, but anyways, yeah. Thank you so much, Adam. I really appreciate it.